Welcome to Get On My Lawn with Ben Klein. I'm your host, Ben Klein, and I have the great luck to be able to sit down and talk with some really interesting, successful people. I want to know what sort of thoughts, habits, systems, beliefs, and relationships have helped them flourish. These are entrepreneurs and business people who are thriving in their fields and are also happy, positive influences on the world around them. It's not every day you get to candidly ask about someone's successes and failures, so I hope you'll take advantage of the opportunity to listen in as I invite some fascinating people to get on my lawn. Hello, everybody. Today, I interview Caitlin Dornbeer. Caitlin's a software engineer based in Chicago whose real passion and business is inspiring creativity and kindness by blending art and crafting and fashion with her exclusive line of custom wares on her website, kdornbeer.com. That's K-D-O-R-N-B-I-E-R.com. Caitlin wrote and published her own book, Not Your Grandma's Sewing Guide, a few years back. She couldn't find an acceptable modern primer on the art and techniques of sewing, so she decided to write one herself. I highly recommend that you check out her book, visit her website, gift some of her wonderful creations, maybe even spoil yourself, and possibly even book her for a live event. It was great having her on the show. We talked about focus, social media, being true to yourself and your brand, manifesting goals, Benjamin Franklin, and a whole bunch of other interesting stuff. She's got an awesome energy about her and is a perfect example of someone who was able to turn what she loves doing into a business that makes her customers and her happy. Of course, please like and share and comment on this episode. I would love to hear what you liked and what I can do to make the next one even better. Anyway, let's meet Caitlin Dornbeer. Cool. Well, hello, Caitlin. Hi. Welcome, and uh, thank you for getting on my lawn. I guess absolutely glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, super happy to have you. We've uh, we got a mutual friend named Molly who uh, highly recommended. Oh, great human. That I talked to you. She said that you've got a cool story, and I looked into it, and she wasn't lying. <laughs> um, so. What I'd like to do is just kind of get into a handful of questions, get to know who you are, how you got started, like what your story is. I know that you wrote a book. I know that you own a business. Um, I have a million questions that are going <laughs> to branch off from that. So. Let's dig into it. All right, cool. Um, so, Caitlin Dornbeer. Dornbeer, mm -hmm. yes. And it's Good job right off the bat. Right? Pronunciation, awful for most people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm, good. I'm a good pronunciator for sure, sometimes. Um, so you've got a website. It's named after you. I do. Kdornbeer.com. Kdornbeer.com. Yes. All right. Do you go ahead. Spell it. <laughs> yeah. Spell it. Please spell it for everybody. K-D-O-R-N-B-I-E-R.com. All right. Really cool. throws people for a loop. <laughs> I think it's easy. I guess I'm lucky. So kdornbeer.com is your website where yes. you what? So I'm a pattern maker and an illustrator, and it started as um, just prints for illustration and paintings, I guess, and then it's sort of um, bubbled up and expanded to sewing patterns and other creative ventures. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about all of that. Yes. <laughs> but that's not where you got started, is it? No. So I started um, 
going all the way back, I started painting kind of seriously in high school when I was about 14, making a little bit of money off of it. And I went to college and got a second degree in art and was like, I'm going to be a painter, like very romantic thoughts of being a starving artist. And when I came to Chicago, I opened my first Etsy shop to to fulfill that dream with Mm -hmm. the paintings. And so that was my first Etsy shop, first diving into owning any kind of business, like a real business where you have to file taxes. And um, yeah, so that's where it started was paintings. Who was your like painter that that, like got you into it? Oh goodness, I love Degas, um, but I'm absolutely nowhere near the realm of that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's like impressionism, right? Oh yeah, yes. Very, again, very romantic ballerinas and every little girl's like first artist they love. There's just... I got into that for a while too. Impressionism is like intriguing because and trippy. Yeah, because it's you're not looking at anything specific. You're looking at just. I mean, I guess that's what all painting is, right? But but um, like to like the next level where you're like you start to feel things in your body and yeah right, yeah. Right. So the goal was to do that for other people then. Yes. So that was the goal and. When I was in high school and I was kind of showing an interest in art, my parents were like, you know, that's that's tough to make a living. And they weren't wrong because I quickly learned that I don't like making art for other people. Like, especially right at the beginning, you make a lot more money with commission stuff, people Mm -hmm. asking you for specific things. And I'm not great at people pleasing. Like, I have a very strong opinion of I think this is best. And when you're trying to sell to someone specifically, they have the final say. So I quickly learned that I'm not great at that. Okay. So you started just because you liked it. Yes. Right. And, um, and it, I mean, it sounds like you sidetracked somewhere. So you, high school was painting you got into it, got your degree in art, mm-hmm. right? still going painting heavily. I imagine through college. Yes. Right? And then right out of college, what happened with that degree in the painting <laughs> and all that stuff? Okay. So even further back, I was a weird kid. I asked my parents for a sewing machine. It was, I know, I remember exactly what year it was. It was the year like the iPod was finally popular enough that um, it didn't have the, the clicky wheel, wheel anymore. Yeah. So like my sister was like, I want an iPod. And I was like, I want a sewing machine. And my parents were like, what? <laughs> uh, which was, I don't, I can't even begin to imagine why I wanted it. But my gut wanted it. And I was like, okay. And then they got it for me. I didn't touch it for several years and then in college kind of like took it out and played with it for a couple projects and also out of college right when the Etsy shop started I was starting to sew more and (laughs) it sounds so weird to say because it's definitely not where people start their career I was like I could write a book like I could do (laughs) I could do a book on this and that kind of was the divergence from the painting was just straight up ADHD, mm-hmm. <laughs> just following my gut in the yeah. other direction. Um, yeah. <laughs> and was it so? I, when I when I read about you online, it mentioned a black dress that you mm. couldn't find anywhere that you wanted to make for yourself. How does that play into this? Okay, so I had done a couple projects in college like just little like like Halloween costumes and things like that. Yeah. And then I was 25 and I 
was on Pinterest and was like, I'm going to do a makeup or I, I want a very nice birthday dress. I can't even imagine why, because my birthday's in February. It's terrible weather. Mm. No one ever does anything. Like no <laughs> one's going to parties in February. Right. Um, and I found this dress online and it, I can't remember if it didn't exist or if it was like a, a Chinese company. And so I was like, oh. plus I had no money. So I was like, I'm going to make it. And again, no idea where the impulse came from. I was just like, this kind of feels right. This is like my gut says I could do this. I could figure it out. It can't be that hard. And so I made that first little black dress. And that was kind of the explosion of like, oh, this is how people figure this out. And this is like kind of where I imagine other people that have formal training in sewing, like they probably have, like are kind of introduced into that, like, and this is how the process goes. And like discovering it for myself was definitely the kind of spark that right. exploded. We learn by doing kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Big, big doer. Have to, <laughs> I have to make the mistakes myself. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. I have to do it myself to be like, check. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. There's some things that I've learned how to do. And I, I purposely don't take the person who taught me's advice oh. because I want to know like, why am I not supposed to do it this way? That Never. helps you understand it oh so much better. Oh my God, everything. I, I'm sure you're the same way if someone's like, no, that doesn't work because blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, Let's I'll see. just try I'll it. About that. I'll see yeah. it. And if, <laughs> if you're right, then yes, we can move on. But it drives my fiance insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone's got to do it. Someone you know. Has to do it. Um, so, so you start, so you do this yourself figured it out. Mm -hmm. And while you were doing it, it sounds like you were like, I'm going to write a book about this. And then yeah. not your grandma's. Not your grandma's sewing guide. So background on that, if you've ever heard of, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name right now. It'll, it'll pop into my mind. There's a vegan sewing, or, there's a vegan cookbook that's like dirty it's like vulgar and yeah. swearing and everything I, I know what you're talking about yes i can't think of it either oh, but i know gosh. what you're talking about it'll pop into my brain um i got that as a gift and i was like this is funny mm. and it was kind of along the same time that i was trying to figure out some of the more like formal sewing things and i had this old sewing guide it like was so old the pictures were like your grandma's grandma's clothing. It was terrible. Right. And I was like, and none of this makes sense. And none of these techniques are up to date. I was like, I could do a funny version of this. Mm -hmm. And like for other people that are beginning and like don't really care, but like kind of also want to learn. Yeah. That's where the idea like came from. And I like thought of it in the shower. And then I was like, and now I'm going to write a book. There was no natural progression between should I do this? Can I do this? It was mm -hmm. just, that's a good idea. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And how'd you get started doing? Because I have those kind of things in the shower all the time. We're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then by the time I'm dry, I don't even remember it. Yes. So I am a firm believer that if you have an idea or you want to do something, you shouldn't really, um, the question shouldn't be, can I do this? It should be just, how do I do this? Yeah. So like, just skip the questioning altogether. Mm -hmm. I would say 90% of people can do just about anything you task them with as long as they've got the confidence. Right. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And then I was a little bit ahead of the game because art school kind of taught me how to put together a book. Mm -hmm. And 
like the actual physical like getting the file up online and how to send it to a printer and everything like that. Right. So I had a little bit of an of a leg up, but everything else was just googling, googling YouTube, making outlines, asking questions. It was yeah. it was a journey, but figuring it out ourselves. Yeah. So did you self-publish it then? It's self-published. So I was daunted by the thought of having to go out there and sell it and people. sell it to somebody, right. especially having no platform, not knowing what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. And in my brain, it was good enough to just have it done and have it out there. I didn't need it to be this like fancy, amazing thing, mm-hmm. especially because I was thinking, well, this is mostly for me to write down like tips that I want to remember and so that I don't, I don't have to keep going back to YouTube for it. Right. So I independently published it just for the heck of it. And mm-hmm. it went around a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah, it gets some great reviews. <laughs> the only people who don't like it are people who don't like swearing. Are people that don't like swearing? <laughs> yeah. And the, ba- the worst reviews, the ones that get me are the people that are like, um, didn't, like they didn't read the, the description. Which is the before. first thing that pops up. First thing that pops up. Disclaimer, yeah. this book is raunchy. Mm-hmm. And people that are just like, don't give a heck. Yeah. I'm going to disbelieve you. <laughs> and then yeah. they're mad about it. And I'm like, all right, you one star Sharon. Like, yeah. I saw one uh, of them, one of the, one of the reviews said, I bought this for my 11 year old daughter. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to be like, your 11 year old daughter probably loved it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like hidden under her bed now. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So how did that, how did you go from art to sewing to writing a book about sewing to now owning a website i mean are, and it sounds what's it's still just happening a, it's a total web and it's i wouldn't suggest it for most people who have like an actual plan like a like a business plan when you're supposed to put together what does my business look like mine was just gut decision after gut decision after gut decision and thankfully it's kind of fallen into like a good place and it's been um cohesive ish like there's definitely two different sides but it's kind of you know developed into something that's a feasible business and now if I had to put it into business terms I could like lay out a business plan but until then it was just baby steps and making kind of whatever my gut told me mm-hmm. and hoping for the best. <laughs> it was the plan with it to, or what, what was the plan with it? With the book or just in general, everything, everything, maybe, I mean, there maybe was each no one, plan. there was nothing at I all. Swear, it was it just was, like, I want to write this down. It was, I like this idea. This feels good. This, you know, this is what I want to be doing with my time and what I want to put out into the world. And if other people like it, amazing. If not, I've drawn a great picture. I've done a painting or now I know how to, sell prints or something. It was yeah. just kind of up in the air. Again, wouldn't suggest it for most people because yeah. there was definitely times that someone from the outside looking in or who hadn't been like following my journey along the way would be like, what is happening? Like this person's all over the, all over the board. Um, so at what point yeah. did you realize like this is a business? You know, because before, I mean, it was a hobby, it sounds. It was just yeah, a passion. It was just a passion. Uh, it turned into a business when, gosh, that's a great question. And maybe it, I mean, there doesn't have to be a single point in time, but obviously you look back now and, and think, I mean, yeah, I think it was just the fact that once I'd done something, I wanted to do it again. So I 
did a drawing. I sold a print of it, and I was like, that's kind of cool. I like that. I like the whole process of start to finish. Um, so I'm going to do more drawings, or I'm going to do more paintings. Or once I'd gotten the book out there, I liked the process of putting together a pattern. So I was like, I could do this. Like, I could do one more, and then one more after that. And yeah. that's kind of how it... Anything that I thought, I like that I could do it again was part, was part of what kind of like got thrown into the business. Yeah. And then how, when did when did money start happening mm. as a result of this, right? Because there's plenty of people that have hobbies that do what you're talking about, only they keep it in a box in the dark. Yes. And no one ever sees it. And then there's other people who produce something that really no one wants, but they market the heck out of it. And sometimes it works, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't, but they've got $1,000 of marketing out there. Right. Yes. So mm, I... I don't think I made any like actual real money until probably two or three years into seriously going after both ventures, Yeah. Uh, which is good because if you look at the taxes for a small business, you, you can you can make no money for the first three years. And after that, the IRS is like, hold on doing? now. <laughs> like, yeah. This is a hobby, not a business. You're not making any money. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it took about, I, I mean, I probably made like, $600 the first year of working really hard late at night and which is why there are people who are really passionate about art and only artists out there that are struggling for the first couple of years out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, I had a different, like I have a, a separate nine to five job because that was my first degree, which was also part of my parents' advice was get a job that will pay the bills first and then oh, like I... you can make your hobbies into an actual career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the nine to five is still happening. Nine to five is still happening. Is that, is that going dis- to, is the goal to disappear the nine to five at some point? I, I really like my nine to five because it's so different. I'm a software engineer during the day and mm-hmm. it's so different. It's just a totally different side of the brain. And I like my team and it's like that kind of putting together puzzles in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I stopped I would miss it so I'm yeah I'm caught because there are days when I'm overwhelmed and I call my mom and I'm like I feel like I'm working two jobs and she's like you are working two jobs like Mm -hmm. you are working two (laughs) jobs one before dinner and one after um there's definitely days where it's a lot and maybe in the future I'll have to choose and like really dive in feet first but I'm lucky enough to enjoy what I do for the first half of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How does that, how does that software puzzle solving, if at all, help you with the creative and passion business that you have? Because I imagine, I mean, I'm just going to stop there and let you answer the question actually. Yeah. I, it's funny. We, some of the engineers that I graduated with, we like to joke that, um, engineering isn't you're not taught engineering, you're just taught how to ask questions really well and how to find answers. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of the same line of, you have a question, how do you get the information that you want? And that's where it definitely helps. Like if any facet of making clothes or selling prints or advertising, you can, it's all online now. You can ask a question and a thousand different people are ready with the answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just knowing Knowing how to ask questions 
until you get the answer, I guess. Because, I mean, there's some things that you don't know what it's called or you don't even know, like, where to start and what the verbiage is and who you'd have to reach out to. But as long as you're poking around the internet and the right forums, you're going to find something. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm sure when you started with the podcast, did you have any idea what you were doing? No, not a clue. I still don't, <laughs> in case you can't tell. I just have nicer equipment. In this nicer th- equipment. First Beautiful microphones. Yeah. Welcome to Get On My Lawn with the brand new microphones. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, thank you for noticing. And I hope, thank you for listening and noticing, everybody. Uh, so, when you were in college, were you, did you always think, like, d- did you ever think that you would be a business owner, entrepreneur? Absolutely not. My dad is a, he owns his own business. He's a chiropractor. And he always told us, you know, you need to be your own boss. Like no matter what you do, you should be your own boss. And I, I saw how hard he worked and was like, that's not for me. Like that's, yeah. I will never care about something as much to work as hard as he does. Mm-hmm. I want to clock in at nine, clock out at five and have someone else worry about what happens in the background. So it was nowhere on my radar and I think even when I started selling paintings at the very beginning I was like this could be fun like I'll paint what I want to paint and if people want to buy it amazing otherwise I'll just be that old lady who dies and has like a thousand paintings in their attic and their children find it and then like then I become famous right (laughs) (laughs) yeah um do you guys do you and your dad talk about talk about biz, like entrepreneurship like now and like stuff. commiserate? Yeah, I've definitely reached out to him to be like, all right, I have this question about, you know, taxes or a lot of the more ingrained business things. Uh, I definitely have a leg up on him when it comes to the more um, recent advertising and mm-hmm. social media and stuff like that. So that kind of, that stuff is not something I would go to him for, but the the classic business questions I've definitely gone to him before. Yeah, Do you, has he has has that uh, having that like input or sounding board has that helped you? I mean, of course it's helped you, but um, where would you be? You think without that? Oh my gosh! Like the business acumen side of it, obviously, is important. Yeah, it is. It's helpful, especially having watched someone do it, knowing that it can be done. I imagine, especially if someone starts out and they've never had that in their lives before, it would be very easy to get frustrated and give up and, you know, think this isn't worth it. Mm -hmm. So as far as getting not really the answers, but just like the drive and the willpower, definitely got that from him. I would be so far back. Um, as far as like actual questions, I think I would just be a thousand more lines in my Google history. (laughs) I'm sure I would figure it out, but it's so much easier having someone to go to and say like, I have this question, serve it up on a platter. Yeah. 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 Okay. So speaking of, of all of that, I guess the, the barriers to entry kind of, whether it be how to put a plan to action, which you've already said, Mm -hmm. you, you don't think about it. You just do it. So that, that eliminates a barrier, right? <laughs> um, there's, I, I myself have a big problem with like the analysis paralysis thing, you know, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this or create this and just keep thinking about it and thinking and taking notes and planning to do it. And then I never end up doing it. Mm-hmm. And by the time that I get to the point that I have all the information I need to do it, I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm bored with that this. That would be so hard. Yeah. There's the, there's the book, um, 
the book, oh, it's like Dirt Guy. It's one of those self-help books, but it's got like an F in the title. Like, mm. like <laughs> fuck in the title or something like that. Like, don't give a fuck or like how to something. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you're yes, talking about there too. Um, <laughs> how to, the art, the subtle, the art, of art, not, yes. subtle art of not giving subtle a fuck. Subtle art of not giving a fuck. It mm-hmm. says like we, we as people generally like to plan much more than we like to actually go through. Like I think he gives the example of do you, deciding that you want to learn how to play the guitar and having all these visions in your head of being an amazing guitarist and what guitar you'll buy and then never actually following through with the mm. playing of the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, I forget what tangent I was on. I was asking what, um, if any, whether they're conceptual or monetary or you know, whatever the case may be, what, what, what were the barriers to entry? Right. To, to like, to starting and getting started. Yeah. And feeling like you have a grasp on it and you're not just clawing at something, trying to make it stick. Yeah. I would say the, especially in the art and fashion world, the biggest barriers are, I had no connections, no one that I could reach out to in the actual industry, no one, you know, who could even kind of start to guide me to having like a foot in the door, Mm -hmm. which I know is tough for artists and fashion designers. You know, they go through all these years of school and hopefully through the school make friends with professors and gallery owners and what have you, Mm -hmm. internships. And having not really focused on either of those in college, I was up a creek without a paddle. Like I couldn't even begin to know where to start and I at one point had made a bunch of lists of gallery owners in Chicago and was like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna introduce myself and even that kind of thing is so there's this there's this sense of secrecy in art and fashion that you want to hold the secrets to the business to your chest and everyone who's a veteran isn't willing to like let go of their connections and how they put together a portfolio. And Mm -hmm. it's a very old world way of thinking about it, I think, because a lot of millennials are, especially with things like TikTok and stuff, are more willing to give tutorials of this is exactly how I got here. Um, But especially when I had kind of entered the world in 2016, it was very hard to try to figure out even where to start, even what to say, even to the point of, should I print my portfolio or should I have it online? Like I couldn't find an answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so not having connections was a brutal stopgap. Yeah. And how did you, how did you overcome that? Did you just go out and introduce yourself? And I mean, I didn't have the nerve. That's this. It's the worst part. Like looking yeah. back, looking back, if I could give myself any advice, it would be to network and make connections sooner, like reach out sooner. Cause mm-hmm. I was just, I, was so convinced that, you know, who am I? I don't know anything and I haven't been in the industry and I don't have anything to show for myself. Why would they give me the time of day? And I think looking back, if I could give myself advice, it would be reach out anyway. If they don't, if they're not willing to interact with you, that's fine. You don't need their help. You'd like, we'll find someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're not, if they're not going to, if they don't, interact with you they're not worth interacting with exactly yeah yeah and I'm have the personality where I think it's just midwest nice like I'm just so willing to reach out and if anyone asks questions I'm like yes here's the exact link I went to and this is let me film a little tutorial for you really quick and I just now 
know that my personality doesn't mesh fit well with people who are very close to the chest and not willing to help. So mm-hmm. looking back, if I could give myself that advice, it would have been to just network sooner, yeah. like reach out to people. Yeah. It's interesting. I, but I think Ben Franklin in his autobiography said that if you want to make someone your friend, ask them for help. So there was, he had, a, he had, I don't remember who it was, but he had this enemy that just like, he, he, Ben Franklin needed this guy to be a good connection uh-huh. in order for him to accomplish something. And he knew they didn't like each other. They had a bad history. Um, so Ben Franklin like made a point of asking this guy for advice on a couple of things. And that like loosened up this enemy to become one of oh, his greatest great allies. Great advice. Um, and I didn't read this until, I don't know, a few years ago. But I remember when I was a kid, I was grounded a lot because I was a troublemaker. <laughs> But I figured out, I don't know how, I don't know when I realized it, um, but I realized that my dad would not unground me if I kicked and screamed and fought and argued and tried to tell him I didn't do anything wrong. But if I wanted to like go out on a certain weekend that I was grounded, what I should do is before I, a couple of days before, or maybe the day before <laughs> I ask him if I can get ungrounded, ask him for like advice on something and give him a chance to like share some knowledge and, yes. you know, um, People love nothing more than to hear themselves talk, a.k.a. podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, I love that. I mean, that's great advice. If you, yeah. I mean, there's been people that I've reached out to that I've been like, how did you do this, blah, blah, blah. And it definitely is a quick way to form a connection and kind of commiserate together, like especially over the parts that don't go so well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cool. So... Not having relationships, number one barrier. Number one. I imagine you've got a bunch of them now, um, or more, <laughs> right? So are the ones that you have now just the people that decide that, that did help you? Yeah, um, I would say uh, the biggest community that I've found has been online, uh, and that's part of the beauty of social media and um, just in general being of this age of kind of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I've built a very strong internet community of friends you know that I know only through Instagram or Facebook and like I know what's going on with their lives more than I know what's going on with some of my family members lives and stuff and that's been tremendously helpful from asking questions to getting advice to again commiserating like even when I'm frustrated with something like I love my fiance and I love my sister, but they just wouldn't understand like some of the frustrations Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's nice to have someone to go to, to say, this is exactly what I'm dealing with. And then be like, that happened to me last week. Like that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How, so you've got a, a pretty solid social media following and presence. Like, can we talk a little bit about social media? Because I know, um, it's a hurdle. It's a hurdle. It's, you can do it wrong. You can do it very wrong. Yeah. Um, and that's hard to come back from, I think. Uh-huh. How did you, was that systematic or was that just putting up stuff you're passionate about and eventually other people are passionate about it too, so now you're connected? Or yeah. With, like, I, social media is definitely the monster that we are all dealing with. Uh, I think it's almost whipping itself into a frenzy with how quickly things are changing and how we're supposed to react and how we're supposed to interact with it. And I've definitely gone through all of the ups and downs of I'm not doing enough. I'm doing too much. I'm should be more personable. I should be less personable. This needs to be so curated. It needs to be fresh and like 
uh, casual and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the get go, I think anyone who's anyone who's on social media, let alone running a small business, really second guesses himself. And I don't think I don't think it's something we can overcome. I think like with the making mistakes, like we talked about earlier, I think everyone has to go through it. The second guessing yourself and building an internet presence was hard and awful. And I think I'm at a good place now where hopefully people of our generation, and I know the people of the generation below us are already there, mm-hmm. caring a little bit less. Like if you listen to any of these um, small business seminars, there's all these seminars out there. Mm-hmm. If you listen to any of them, they're like, you need active engagement every single day. Right. I, I was going to ask about that. Yes. Okay. So I, in 2020, had a breakdown about social media. I wasn't feeling creative. I wasn't leaving my house. Like no one wants to see the inside of my apartment every, every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I took long breaks from it, like two or three month breaks just off. I moved the app out of my home screen so I couldn't even see it. Mm -hmm. And I think now I have a much healthier relationship with it. And the experiment is still ongoing because I have no idea if it's successful or not yet because it's still ongoing. But in my mind now, my approach is if I'm going to put something out there, it's going to be content that I want to put out there when I want to put out there. And I'm not going to feel pressured to throw on what I'm eating for lunch if it's not Mm -hmm. interesting. You know, like it doesn't matter if it's part of my brand. It doesn't matter if it's good for analytics, you know, everything that seminar people are going to throw at you. I think hopefully please dear god let society kind of meld more into a a pattern of i'm only going to consume content and put out content that makes me feel good and doesn't make me stressed right yeah so just authenticity just is yeah whether it's social media or in person or yeah whatever i hope so i mean god and i don't know if it's different for men and women um, you could have, you obviously know the men's side more than the women's mm-hmm. side, but from a female perspective, it is a monster from the time you're 14 to the ever, forever. I mean, I know yeah. my moms and aunt are still like on social media mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm rambling. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I, I want to kind of keep talking about this if that's yeah, right with you. Yeah, go for it. So you mentioned engagement and the seminars and like... I, I've heard from every single person that I that has I've heard from a million different sources that engagement is key and that you need to you need to engage more than your po- more than you post. Um, do you do you do that? Like is because you can be addicted to social media in a bad way. Ugh. You can also depend on it. Yes. You can also use it like you've used it. Sounds like in, in a lot of senses for just building relationships with people yeah is that is that systematic yeah so i i i've had this conversation with a couple of my friends before because my social media isn't terribly personable like it's not or not personal 
it's not terribly personal. Mm-hmm. Like it, I don't delve very far into my everyday life and my fiance does not like to be posted about very often. So that's kind of helped put like a, a barrier. Um, I think you can either use social media like 99% of the country, you can document your life and your friendships and your family and it's beautiful and it's, it's helpful. And in the, in 60 years, we'll all look back on it and say, Oh my gosh, I looked amazing. Look at my hair. Look at what we wore back then. Um, and then I think there's a separate side that is, and this is going to sound so art school and I'm so sorry for everyone else that was not in art school. I think you can use social media to curate something just like art. Like you are making art every day. And as far as people saying, oh, they have such a cohesive feed, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. I think if we look at it more as I'm making art and this is something that I will look back on as one very long art project Mm -hmm. for my, from my twenties or whatever. I think that's a healthier way to look at it than trying to make something pristine for for a brand, mm-hmm. quote unquote, for a brand. Yeah. And I think that both ways are valid ways to use social media. I think both are amazing and incredible, and I'm very fortunate that we're in a society that has it. Um, yeah, and I don't think that we should anybody should be bashing anybody else for using it in a different way. Right, right. You saying that... Um, makes a lot of sense because it show it shows on your Instagram. By the way, what is your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is at kdornbeer. At kdornbeer. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, and it shows that you are not just saying this, you're actually doing it. Because I know I've gone through this in 2020. I had a lot of time. So I, I made a point of like unfollowing all kinds of stuff yes. that I that just I didn't like seeing in my feed or I didn't. Thank you. Or that yes. doesn't doesn't that's always the same stuff whether it's you know um i can't even think of a good example right now but you know whether it's a smoothie or a you know like a juice shop and all they do is post videos of juice or pictures of juice like i, mm. I don't need to see juice i want to yeah, see unless you're really into juice like right, <laughs> right and some people are for sure but like you have a nice mix of things on your instagram um it's interesting. It's not always the same thing. And I can tell that like you're excited about what it is that you're posting on there. Whereas I know for a fact, because I've done it, I'm, I'm trying not to do it. There's people that post just to post and stay relevant and be top of mind and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the people that I've gotten rid of because it's apparent. You know? Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure Instagram is listening to the FBI agent on my phone and is like, Tick off those that girl's analytics right now, and her mm-hmm. follower count's gonna gonna <laughs> crash. Right. And that was another good good part about the freakout that I had in 2020 was I care so much less about like the numbers, and I j- I heard that they're starting to roll out the functionality where they um, are removing the likes, mm-hmm. which I think is so healthy for our generation. Like, you don't need to know how many other people like something to know if you like it or not. Right. And I think that that's something that we've really lost sight of um but going back with how we engage with social media if i can for a second please um when when i talked about the separation with how we ourselves use social media 
I think that the same thing can be said for how we interact with it. I think there's a group of people who use it to follow friends and follow family, and that's amazing and wonderful. Um, and then there's other people who might be a little overwhelmed that use it more for inspiration. And I've myself found found it helpful to unfollow things that I'm like, this is just not giving me any joy to see or it's stressing me out or, right. um, you know, anything like that. Even like people, not that it's a, not that it's in a co competitive way, but people who are doing the most out there and, it, and whether they be very successful or whatever, if it stressed me out, I just unfollowed it because I was like, they're doing incredible and amazing and I love everything they're doing, but I can't see it every day because it's making me right. feel Right, because then you compare yourself to them instead of comparing yourself now to yourself yesterday. Yeah. Which is like the only way that you're going to grow the way that you're supposed to, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, right on. Right. Yeah, like it's, let's, let's hope some more healthier attitudes towards social media come out in the next year because I think, I think we've earned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that a lot of people after the past year have hopefully, I, I know a lot of people personally that have gain more clarity into what direction they want to move in as well as what is um, what is healthy and what is not healthy, mm -hmm. whatever that means to them. Um, and that's a huge step, I think, yeah. in, in becoming a better person generally, but then as it relates to how social media influences us, yeah. it's good to know, like, I stopped following all kinds of meme accounts that were hilarious <laughs> nonsense, but they did nothing for me. Yeah. So like getting rid of superfluous nonsense has helped me focus on what I want to accomplish way more. Yeah. And what do you want to see? The mute button has been amazing. Yeah. Um, have do you, <laughs> do you use the timer on anything? No, I'm not that addicted to anything. I don't think, um, <laughs> I'm pretty good at self-regulating. That's good. That's rare. Cause I have the timer on TikTok and the news app. Mm -hmm. I can't, and yeah, the news app. Maybe I should do that because now that you mention it, I I do check the news. What, All day. I, yeah, basically like every anytime I'm in the bathroom or like waiting for something, whether it's my tea to steep yes. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, I yeah I put a strict limit on the news app because I was just whittling away my time on articles from every with everything yeah. from like how could you organize your apartment to like. What kind of plant would you be? Like, I don't know. Right. No just... news is good news, as they say. Um, uh, all right, well, let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Um, we've kind of talked about your your genesis, I guess. Right? Good word. Excellent. Yeah, I, uh, I looked that up today. <laughs> it's on my notepad here. Um, now that you're doing what you like to be doing, mm -hmm. you've got some clarity, some focus, and, um, and you know... It sounds like you know who you are way more than you did five years ago. 150%. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm grounded. <laughs> so where are you going now? What's the direction that you want to move in? Yeah. So I've found it very helpful to, I keep, I keep a list of goals and I make a list. I have yearly goals, monthly goals, weekly and daily, which sounds mm -hmm crazy no it doesn't but it's some more, of the most successful people i know do just that yes and the daily goals are very small it's like today i'm going to make lunch mm -hmm. like that's on my list of the daily goal 
And then the weekly are like, I'm every week I'm going to watch a tutorial online, something like that. And then monthly goals and yearly goals are m much bigger. Um, but I, they're in a place where I see them reg pretty regularly, which is good. It helps me keep like a focus on, you know, what is the future going to look like and what steps could I be taking mm -hmm. to get there. And <laughs> it's still very convoluted. Um, like I'd like to do another book or two and I'd like to do like a small batch fashion line. Uh, but I think one of the biggest things that I have on my horizon is trying to, um, break into the online tutorial world. I love the concept of teaching and helping people and with the internet, the online classes are starting to become so much bigger and more mm -hmm. accessible. And that's something I'd love to, to tackle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have questions about your goal setting. Yes. Where'd you, first of all, how do you track these? Is this on a good old I have the most amazing, aggressive Google Sheet um, personal agenda. Okay. It's been carefully formulated. Mm -hmm. It's multiple tabs. It's color coded. It is the essence of my being. <laughs> and it, it, I write down, it's kind of everything that people suggest you do, like I have a gratitude tab, mm -hmm. and it sounds very overwhelming if you look at it as a whole now, but from where I started, just building it through the last like year or two, um, it's been a very easy process. In the morning I wake up, I write a gratitude, I check my goals or like write my like to-do list for the day or something yeah. um, and check it off and then keep notes um, about what I actually accomplished during the day and stuff like that. And having it, don't get me wrong, I love writing something. Love a good handwritten planner. Mm -hmm. But I know from experience that I don't keep up with it and I don't like carrying it around and it's hard for me, like you can't change things and move them around as quickly. So, yeah, it kind of just, one day I was like, I bet I could kind of keep track of this on a Google Sheet, and it has become a monster upon itself, but yeah. it's my little monster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you need it almost. Mm -hmm. How does the gratitude thing help you? So, they, they say you should write down what your focus is going to be for the day, what you're grateful for, and one thing that you're like letting go of, which writing down what your focus on for the day is big. It's been very helpful. It's one thing like if I'm going to get nothing else done today, it is going to be this one thing, mm -hmm. which has been incredibly helpful because as someone with kind of a lot of plates in the air, it's easy to lose track of that and get sidetracked. Yeah. Um, then writing down something you're grateful for. It's nice and it's just like a nice little happy thought of the day and mm -hmm. then when I look back through the list it's kind of beautiful everything that you realize that you're thankful for and then the third one was kind of hard for me to get into but someone had suggested it uh, something that you're going to let go of like something that is bothering you or just like something little that is nagging at the back of your mind if you just write down like I am embracing that this is bothering me and letting go of it it took me a while to get into, and now I do that one before I do the gratitude, so I end on a good note. Yeah. But 
It has been surprisingly helpful. And I don't know if it's just a psychological thing. I'm sure psychologists would have certain things to say about it, but it's been incredibly helpful. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever read, um, can't think of the name of the book, never mind, but there's, but there's, I've I've read a bunch of different, because my dad was really into self-help books. Like we had a library (laughs) when I was growing up, self-help books on tape. Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, other people that I've met, you know, and I didn't read any of it when I was a kid because I just, I actually hated it because Mm. that's all that we would like listen to in the car and like, you know, so, but I've heard a lot of it, you know, and it's not until I started getting into like my own goal setting and channeling my energy towards something, whatever that something is that I realized that a lot, a, lot, a lot of people talk about not just setting goals, but it's so important to write them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing, but also that they, um, there's apparently some magical thing to telling yourself the same thing over and over mm-hmm. and like putting that in, whether you... Manifesting. Whether, yes, exactly. And that sounds like some voodoo Some nonsense juju, right. hippie gypsy right. magic and i am here for it there's a small part of my soul it's probably the art student part that really likes all of the heebie-jeebie like yeah. crystals and nonsense people swear by that oh yeah people that you wouldn't think the most logical mathematical engineer-minded people that you would think have nothing to do with that they don't meditate or you know, whatever the case yeah. is they swear by it. Yes. Mani- you, have to- you have to manifest. Yeah. Okay, we'll manifest for a second. What is your, in five years, What is your, what are you going to have manifested? Oh, man, that's a good question. I actually have that written down, but it's kind of personal. I want to have a ranch in the mountains. Ooh. Um, Wait, which mountains? I don't know yet. We're really manifesting. Still figuring it out. Okay. I, yeah. A mountain. Mountainous zone. Yeah. I think it's the Rockies. We're going to name a range. Ooh. Um, so maybe Idaho, maybe <gasps> Colorado. I don't know. But Is this a side ranch or is this like you are piecing out of Chicago ranch um, life? I think it's going to start as a side and then I'm going to realize how awesome it is and then peace out. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm helping manifest this into the world. <laughs> thank you. Your I listeners are going to think gonna... <laughs> so happy. <laughs> no, this, uh, th- because there's, you know, I think that there is... You only have so much time in the day, you know? Yeah. So writing down, I'm going to be successful 50, 50 or a hundred times is, might be a waste of time. But the idea of like reminding yourself what you're focusing on and mm-hmm. maybe why you're focusing on it, whether that's on paper, on Google, whatever the case may be, seems really powerful because it's so easy with everything in the world that everything that happens in life to forget what what the point is and the most miserable people i know maybe let me backtrack many people that i know who are not as happy as they could be never focus on anything and any one thing right or maybe they have and it just didn't work out but like as i'm becoming more focused i'm it's becoming more clear to me that a lot of people who don't know what they're doing don't know what they're doing because they're not focused on something. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, or at least like an idea. I'll take that one step further and say that 
I have a habit of, I will tell my fiance or my friends or whatever, I need to say this out loud because if I say it out loud, I'm more likely to do it Mm -hmm. or I'm more likely to follow through. And little, I mean, little things like I made a new plan for how I was going to pay off my student loans. And I like talked it out to my fiance and he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's okay that you didn't understand. Like I did and it yeah. helped me feel better to, to say, it. say it and put it out into the world. And so I would say that that's been something that's been helpful is actually saying it out loud to another person, mm-hmm. whether they understand what you're talking about or not. Yeah. Just blabbering it out helps. Yeah. Incredibly. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So let's take that a little more literally now. Mm-hmm. We just talked about the the juju behind the it all. The juju. Where is kdornbeard.com going to be in five or ten years? I like it very similar to you. I have like this dream studio space in my brain, and it kind of all ties together with I want to be teaching classes, and wherever it grows, I want it to kind of grow together. And... Um, my mom likes to joke that I'm a forever student. Like I would have been in college just forever if I could have been. Um, and I think one of the things that brings me joy is learning new things. And I just hope that I'm have the ability in the space on my plate to keep adding new skills to my skill set. Okay. Be like one giant encyclopedia of craft knowledge. Yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's a good goal because those the, those people who are that are the most interesting people. Yes, I and it helps with your mental acuity. I was mm-hmm. reading this article by a man who studies aging and dementia, and he said that the best way to keep your mind sharp. It's not doing the same hard task, like doing crosswords every day is Mm -hmm. not going to keep it keen. It's doing new things and learning new things. And he had this quote on the bottom. It was, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Right. And I, maybe just because I haven't yet hit the wall where I've run out of things to learn, but... I would say at least three or four days a week I like learn something or do something that is new and I can't say that for everybody that I know. Right. That's awesome. That reminds me of, I don't know if you're supposed to mention other podcasts on your podcast, but there's a new one by a guy named Andrew Huberman. It's called Huberman Labs. He's a neurobiologist at Stanford um, and he just started doing this really awesome podcast. There's like six or seven episodes and he does a month block, so four or five episodes, maybe two hours long each, where he talks about a specific theme. Last month was sleep and how your brain um, is influenced by a number of different factors, how sleep works, how you can not hack your sleep, but how you can take advantage of the way that your biology is set up to get better sleep and to whatever, how to put yourself in a good position with sleep. This month's is mental plasticity. Um, And one of the things that he talks about that was really interesting to me is the idea that being uncomfortable, like being frustrated, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're trying to learn something and you can't quite, you're you're getting to the point where you're like getting pissed and you might even tear up a little bit. 
that's the point where you retain the most knowledge and where you can grow your skills the most. Oh, I love that. And it's it's partially chemical based, mm-hmm. like your um, the chemicals that your brain is secreting at that point in time are just exactly what your body needs to jumpstart learning. Interesting. Check out Huberman Labs. I need to listen to the sleep one especially because I am a terrible sleeper. I stay up way too late. I try to get up way too early. I'm just all over the place. Mm -hmm. It's bad. It'll be good for you. It's helped me already. One of the biggest things you can do, check this out, to get your sleep cycle scheduled properly um, is to look at bright light when you wake up in the morning and not like look at a flashlight, like specifically sunlight. So I've yes. just been going out when I wake up in the morning, cause it's usually around like six, six 30. I'll get up and as the sun's coming up, I'll just like drink my tea on the porch instead of in my living room and make sure I'm facing the sun. And that has made my sleep schedule lock in. Like it's amazing. Listen you to and podcast. equity friends. He loves sunrises. I'm going to tell him that. Listen to the podcast. Interesting. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy I it. I will. I'm out. I'm on it. Um, all right. Sorry. Enough of me telling you things I <laughs> no. think are cool. Um, do you have a role model or a mentor? So I, that's tough because like I said, I didn't know anybody in the industry and I still really haven't made any connections that are like showstoppers, you know, like when people say like meet your heroes like nope i'm still very much not at that table yeah uh but i do keep a list on my phone of people either i like what they're doing or i like how they're doing it uh i have a list on my i'm a big list keeper helps with the giant mm, giant spreadsheet my notes app on my phone is <laughs> also a monster uh there's a list of i think it's probably like four or five people or accounts or websites for each kind of facet of my life that I'm like, I really like what this person's doing. I like the energy they're bringing or I like how they organize, you know, such and such. And I found that making a note of them keeps them from um, just kind of floating away because I'm terrible at remembering names. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy, it's good to like be able to go back and look at them and be like, all right, I need some inspiration or I want to change something up. Like how, how's this person doing it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have any sort of like, I mean, besides the Google tracker, mm-hmm. which I think keeps you sane, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Like, um, are there any other like systems that you use to keep yourself moving forward with having two jobs and having all these goals that you're working towards? Like, is there anything else that you, even if it's just another app or a daily habit or ritual that like you do to get yourself ready to go? Yes. Okay. So having multiple different avenues and all these ways that my mind is focusing, I was getting caught up in the problem of throwing myself into one project too hard and then taking too long and letting the other side kind of falter or like fall to the wayside. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends gave me great advice. She said, Uh, Just do it for an hour. Set a timer on your phone. Do it for an hour. And then at the end of the hour, you're either like continuing to go because, you know, you've gotten past the hurdle of just starting or you've done, you're done and you've done it for an hour. Mm -hmm. And great. You've done that for the day. So every day I have two 
and that's it, two tasks that I need to do for an hour. And usually it happens right after dinner or over lunch. I never wake up early enough to do it in the morning, but yeah. someday. Um, <laughs> uh, but just one hour a day mm-hmm. is, it's been life-changing. Are these, di- are they different tasks They're different day? tasks. It's just drawing, it's specifically it's drawing for an hour and an hour of pattern work. So okay. it's just tiny steps for things that I want to be accomplishing mm-hmm. that if I don't make myself sit down and do it. I'll make an excuse of, well, I don't have time to do that for today, or you know, I would rather watch TV than right. yada yada or yada, yada, yada or read the but news. But I already passed my time <laughs> limit for today, so now I have two hours to focus on what's really important. Yes, so it's yeah, it's been kind of a saving grace and a total total change of how I've functioned in the last. I think I started it three or four months ago, then it's been, I would suggest it for anybody who's having trouble getting started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right on. Um, we're getting into the lightning round. <gasps> yeah. Yes. So, of course, Not Your Grandma's Sewing Guide is a recommended book. Oh, yes. By Caitlin Dornberry. I think it's very funny. What are two books <laughs> that you would recommend people read? doesn't have to have anything to do with business. Yeah. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Or maybe one that's business and one that's just pure gluttony. Yeah, okay. So first I would recommend to anybody the book Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Such a good book. Oh, it's so good. If when you are you negotiating? Um, all day, every day. Yeah. You negotiate everything. There's so many. We can get into that. But <laughs> if you haven't heard of it, he is a... He was an FBI terrorist negotiator, Mm -hmm. and he gives you tips for how to negotiate everyday facets of your life from promotions to how to get your kids to eat vegetables or whatever. whatever. Like, and sprinkled in with stories of him being an FBI terrorist negotiator. It's amazing. It's a quick read. I'm an audiobook person, so it's an eight hour audiobook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's relevant to anyone. Um, So good. I would recommend that. And then I'm not very much of a nonfiction person and I don't really like self-help books and I'm not a big sad book person. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like nowadays there's very much interest in the sad novels. Nope, not for me. I like happy action sci-fi books. So if you really liked Game of Thrones, The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson is probably the best book that I have ever read, both plot and content-wise. It's so well-written. It's so good. You just think about the world differently. Mm -hmm. It's got magic, but not so much that you're like, this is a magic book. Right, yeah. You don't feel like a huge nerd. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. You do feel like a huge nerd. You feel like the biggest nerd in the world, but you're happy about it. (laughs) It's so good. So it's better than like The Hobbit? Oh, so much better. Really? This is, he's... Yes. <laughs> okay. I can really get What's into it, it again. The Way of Kings. The Way of Kings. It's from the Stormlight Archives, which I can tell you, I've been on their wiki. It's it's not a well-kept secret because I am a huge nerd, but it's so good. And right. I need other people in the world to get into it because 
it's going to be a movie one of these days, and I need other people to know what's happening. <laughs> right on. All right. By Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson. Okay. Oh, so good. I've got a friend named Brandon Sander. Hi, Brandon. <laughs> um, what's your biggest struggle, and how can our listeners help? Okay. With, like, just building a business? Whatever, yeah. I, and I'm sure other people feel this way, am overwhelmed with the number of different social media facets, ways to advertise yourself out there. It's overwhelming. I remember the day that Instagram came out with Reels and I had just figured out TikTok right. and I was so enraged. <laughs> I was like, we don't need something new, like mm -hmm. stop. But the world keeps turning and what's popular one day isn't popular the next and you have to face it. And so I think not only understanding how these new, all these new technologies that pop up work, but then turning around and creating content for them, overwhelming. So annoying, so frustrating. So anyone who isn't a business owner, just take pity on the people that are <laughs> and that are trying so hard to keep up because some of us are almost 30 and can't. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, that's a that is an ask straight from the heart. Straight from in the case heart. You can't tell. Just pity us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's clenching her fist and pumping it in the air right now. <laughs> For you at home. Okay, so a couple more quick things. Well, f actually, most important of all, recap for us. What's the best way for people to keep up with you, stay in your world, and just keep up with what Caitlin Dormer yeah. is doing. If you're interested in anything crafty or, you know, just want some entertainment value, my Instagram is at kdornbeer and there's a couple shoot offs for the patterns and the illustrations, but that's definitely more for the specifically sewing or illustrating communities. Okay. I don't think anyone else cares about those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But you've also got Website? Website, kdornbeer.com. What's on your website? What can people uh, expect to find on there? There's, a, it's mostly a shop thing or a shop landing page. I'm trying to get better about the whole blogging. I definitely missed that. I had a bunch of friends that were great at blogging when I was like a 22. Mm -hmm. So I missed that boat. And that's just another facet that we have to keep up with. God. Um, but hopefully someday it'll kind of manifest into here i am i'm manifesting i will be a better blogger someday right okay <laughs> um anything else people should know i would say if anybody is working to build anything from a small business to being a better person i don't know just focus on the very next thing you can do because it can be very overwhelming to look at the idea as a whole. So just tell yourself, what is the very next thing I can do to accomplish my goals? Great advice. Mm -hmm. And in that same vein, can you sum this entire hour and seven minutes up Ooh. in a sentence? So I love what you're doing. I think this podcast is going to go big places. And I think the best way to describe it so far from what I've heard is no one should have to figure it out alone, which is 
novel, apparently, for some industries. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm talking. Oh, our, us talking. Our yeah, us sum up, chatting. Sum up this, this conversation. Okay. By the way, thank you You're for welcome. saying that. And also, that's exactly why I'm doing this, so that we can all help each other find the shortcuts yes. that are out there. Yes. Or the Even when we have to bang our heads against the wall ourselves and mm -hmm. learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Um, I would say... Put your goals out into the world to manifest them. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Thank Caitlin Thank you so Dorenbeer. much. This was fun. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you on. Yeah. Talk to you uh, soon. Soon. That was Caitlin Dornbeer of kdornbeer.com, an author of Not Your Grandma's Sewing Guide. Her website is kdornbier.com. Definitely check her out and follow her on Instagram at, at kdornbeer. Thank you very much for joining me, Caitlin. If you have any suggestions on how to make this podcast better, know someone I should interview, or just want to say hello, please send an email to getonmylawnpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at, at ben.klein.chicago. Well, I hope it was an insightful episode and you learned as much as I did. I'm looking forward to you eavesdropping on me and my next guests, and also to hearing from you sometime. Until then, don't forget to smile. I'm Ben Klein, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.